The McCartney Macalphabet, an A to Z guide to the solo career of Sir Paul McCartney. Hello and welcome to the McCartney Macalphabet. I'm David Fgrave. I'm Clarice Adler. And you are you, as, as far as we can tell. We presume you're you. We don't know. You're certainly not someone else. Uh, and it's good to be back for, um, well, episode number four, I think. I think I believe. so. Something like that. Or certainly four letters, which is yeah. also slang for a swear. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? You OK? I'm good, yeah. I'm actually, it's been an, a, quite a while since we recorded the last one. So, you know, yeah. you, a part of you feels like I might be... I might be winging it a bit. Wings it, wings in it. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always winging it. That's my my life motto. <laughs> Speaking of uh, winging it, yes. do you have a few uh, a few admissions you'd like to make now, David? Yeah, <laughs> I thought I'd say this before we move on because I, I've made the same mistake in at least two of the previous episodes. So this is the correction section. Um, <laughs> Uh, basically, what I did is I keep referring to the 1997 documentary In the World Tonight as In the Air Tonight, which is obviously <laughs> a possibly marginally quite terrible Phil Collins song. Uh, I, I have a reason for that. And it was, I was so keen to remember the in in the title because the song The World Tonight is just The World Tonight. And remembering the in that I replaced the world with air and that's where it went wrong. Also, I listed uh, uh, the director as Jeff Dunbar. Uh, but it's Jeff Wanfor. Jeff Dunbar is the person who did uh, directed and did the animation for Rupert and the Frog Song uh, and various other Macca things, Tropic Island Hum, Tuesday, and the recent thing When Winter Comes, whereas Jeff Wanfor was the one who directed the documentary and the Beatles anthology. So there we go, <laughs> corrected. Um, I have been removed, I've been excised from the Beatles community. Well, um, I... But everything else we've said has been entirely accurate. 100 percent maybe i don't know i think i might have to i might might have to quit i might have to quit the podcast day really i I just don't think i can uh get over you're gonna do like the the, the phil collins (laughs) you'd be like the Bee Gees walking out of clive anderson's interview just gonna throw your (laughs) mic off and leave (laughs) fancy calling in the air tonight bloody idiot (laughs) <laughs> anyway, tonight's letter and theme was a little bit of a different theme this evening, isn't it? It's a little different to our, our previous ones, in that we're doing a theme as opposed to just songs. Uh, but first, yeah. let's play the little uh, sting to tell us what letter we're doing. A, B, C, D, D. Yep, so we're doing D, and tonight is a Denny Lane special. It is. Which is a, a, possibly a sandwich he makes if he runs a restaurant, I don't know. A Denny Lane special. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're specialising on Denny Lane, the only member of Wings, aside from Linda, to stay in the band the whole way through. So, so worthy of a little bit of attention, we think. Um, Definitely. I, I meant to say Brian Frederick Hines, because that's his real name, incidentally. <laughs> um, I, I, one bit of trivia I did discover, though, is he has a daughter called Lane. Ah. Lane Lane. Lane Lane. Lane Lane, <laughs> interest, in, interesting choice. Any, um, any idea what inspired the Denny? No, I don't know, actually. And I, I presume it's short for Dennis. I, I'm not yeah. entirely, because we've talked about this before. Um, but I mean, which is not the most rock and roll name that you could yeah. find if you're choosing a stage name. But it works. It works. But yeah, so tonight's a Denny, a Denny themed one. Um, I mean, obviously, we're not covering all the Denny stuff. But what we thought we'd do is we'd focus on basically the main songs that either he sang, well, basically the songs he sang during the Wings period. Um, so that's what we're doing. So there will be a couple of co-writes uh, that we'll miss, um, including the, the massive Mull of Kintyre. Um, but we'll talk, about, we'll talk about them other times, won't we? We, we? we will cover it all eventually. 
Yeah, I think Mullough Kintyre needs it needs its own universe, really, doesn't it? I don't think we can <laughs> we can't squeeze that in. No. I don't think to this format. So. And also, then people who don't like that song could just not listen to that episode. Yeah. So it's, it's... we'll give you plenty of advance warning, yeah. <laughs> so you know not to tune in. Yeah, because bagpipes, it's a bit like you with children and songs. Bagpipes yeah. are kind of a bit of a bugbear for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, so uh, Denny Lane, uh, who was also a member of Mo- the Moody Blues, the original uh, lineup of that. Um, and he was also in a band called Balls, which I think is possibly the best title <laughs> name of a band ever, Balls. <laughs> but there we go. Um, so I suppose uh, we better just go in and do this thing. Uh, in chronological order, and we'll start with the first song, which is I Lie Around. confused with the Beach Boys song I Get Around yes which, uh, which actually, is, that's how you ingratiate yourself with a member of the Beach Boys you get around that's what yeah. you do it's, in, <laughs> yeah. it's in, in a bar you see so it's a joke that's a work in progress but there we go it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um yeah so I Get Around is not this song no. <laughs> I almost did it again then <laughs> I lie around so yes B-side of Live and Let Die yeah um yeah it was first recorded which I didn't know until doing this research, but um, the Ram era, so 1970. Yeah. And not on an album, although I think it was a bonus or a bonus track, wasn't it, on Red Rose Speedway? Yeah, I saw that. It, in fact, when they were going to be a double album, the Red Rose Speedway double album, it was the opening track of Side 4, apparently. 
Oh. Um, but it, yeah, but it didn't make the album in the end. There we go. So, yeah, th- so again, I'm always surprised to find out how many co-writes Linda has. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. In fact, co-written with her, but not with Denny. Yeah, yeah, so so Macca and Linda. Um, I don't know, I, I wasn't quite as sure on this first couple of listens. It's not one that I was massively familiar with. Yeah. Uh, so the, the first two verses sang by Denny himself yeah. with the last verse sang by Macca. I don't know if I'm just kind of biased towards all things Macca. Yeah. I prefer Macca's verse. I don't... Yeah, well, it's up the octave for a start, yeah. so it's really belted out, isn't it? But uh, uh, yeah, belted, I, know you it, it, I don't know, it elevates it a little bit, but that it, by no means do I dislike Denny's vocal delivery at all and you know he's doing some nice acoustic guitar work on there yeah like, yeah I, I think it was his actual like first like lead vocal for wings wasn't it yeah yeah it was yeah he'd, and and at this point he hadn't been on an album as a lead um mm. and wouldn't have been until the next album which is obviously band on the run so yeah yeah where he has his first big moment and i, I quite like i mean yeah I'm, I'm again i'm more talking about Macca and Linda's writing style here, but mm. in, in terms of what I think of it as a song, it, it's a nice song. Yeah. Possibly not the best. You kind of wonder, is that partly why, why Macca was like, oh, well, we'll give you we'll give you lead in this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Put, putting Denny in his place. We don't yeah. need to be too... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, I kind of... It's one of those Macca loving country life and the natural world, and that's yeah, yeah. sort of just coming through in the lyrics, isn't it? So, picked out a couple of favourite lyrics. Um, Furthermore, in the country, I will lay my burden down. Quite yes. like, I don't know, I just think that sounds like a nice line. I will lay my burden down. Sort of almost poetic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering about that because I wrote down the, the whole verse because uh, this was written around 1970 time. Um, and I, I sort of wondered if you get the sort of hints of, you know, like Macra's talked a lot. Uh, more recently about essentially the sort of nervous breakdown that he had mm, mm. when the Beatles ended. Um, and the, the whole thing, too long have I been the heart of the matter. All along I was only overtired and overtaken. Mm. Furthermore, in the country I will lay my burden down, I will I lie around. And I just wondered whether, you know, that's just sort of narrating the story of him being in the farm up in Scotland, post-Beatles, yeah. having been in this mad sort of roller coaster ride that was the Beatles, uh, not knowing really what to do next, but finding that sort of comfort in the country that he did. So I saw, mm. yeah, I wondered whether that might be a sort of a bit of a, a clue towards that. But yeah, it, like you say, it is very poetic and it's a, it's a nice line. And then it kind of, not, not in the way the song sounds especially, but just for sort of thinking of those lyrics and that imagery sort of almost feels like, like a prayer or a hymn, you know, yes. I will lay yeah, my yeah. burden down. And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I quite like the intro, that sort of uh, nice juxtaposition there. They've got the sort of um, just swimming and yeah. having a laugh and <laughs> shouting and animal sounds. Yeah. Going quite, for a swim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite a macker thing to do there, just chuck something random like that in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and funnily that I kept calling it in my head while making these notes, I get around because I do hear some sort of Beach Boys-esque backing vocals, you know? Yeah, well, I, I sort of thought as well, but it was interesting to me that this was a song from the Ram era because vocally it's really got that sort of, again, the early wings sound. It really, mm. if this is the first time that Denny's been on a lead, interestingly, it very quickly establishes that sound. Yeah. And yeah, it, like you say, there's a lot of harmony work going on in there. So, yeah, quite possibly. The other thing I, I really thought, listening back to it, 
the I lie around the big sort of chords on the piano and ding, ding, ding. Is very like Polythene Pam as well, and it's yeah. the same key, so it's got that sort of um, feel to it, which again makes sense of the sort of era that it was in. It's it's a very loose song, isn't it? It's a very sort of loose. I mean, it fits the theme of the song itself, I think. Yeah, and it feels it does fit. You know, it's. it's essentially a song about nature and just kind of being at one with it. And it's got that laid back, you know, yeah, just sort of um, relaxed, mellow vibe to it. And, you know, little electric guitar throughout. And I like the horns. I don't know, is that that actual horns or is that? Yeah, it is. It is actual horns. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the players down, but yeah, there is. In fact, I don't think it's recorded who it was, but yeah. Yeah, I like all that. It, It works very well it's i also thought and i wondered because there's all the sort of finger picking stuff in it it's also very i wondered why part of the reason it didn't make it onto ram is it has got that sort of heart of the country uh mama's little girl sort of white album style finger pickery thing so it might Mm. be another one of those reasons why you know too many of the same sort of theme yeah i'm supposed to put in the emphasis on on denny as well i think it really does even though obviously macca's voice at the end is is great. Mm-hmm. I think it does suit Denny very nicely. Um, I, I actually sort of assumed for years that he wrote it. It was only relatively recently yeah. that I realised that he hadn't. So I can sort of see why um, it, it was a Denny song. Yeah, um, I've sort of I, I've put reading it back now. It sounds like it sounds like a negative thing to say, but I didn't mean it as a negative. But just it sort of plods along as a song, hmm. but in a nice way. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's about five minutes long, so it's quite yeah. long for, for a song. And, it, yeah, it doesn't. it's not in a hurry to get anywhere, is it? No. Which is good. But that sort of fits the mellow vibe, yeah. Okay. yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I do. And, again, it's one of those things I'd, I'd be interested, and it's stupid, really, because all the tracks are out there, you could do it, but to listen to the double album version of Red Rose Speedway to sort of see how it would have made it feel. Because with songs like mm. this and songs like Country Dream is another one that would have made it on that, you suddenly go a lot more down that sort of... Uh, I don't know, finger-picky route, it's a bit more sort of mm. mellow. It'd just be interesting, you know, to actually listen to it um, and see whether it would have improved it. I don't know if it would have improved the album as a single album necessarily. I think it is mm. I think it is a B-side. It feels like a B-side. Yeah, a strong B-side, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've noticed it come up on quite a few Macca forums as, as mm. a favourite of the Wings fans. So I don't, I don't know if that's yeah. partly because it is very Denny-heavy, so it feeds into the sort of Wings as a band thing, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like it. It's I like it when I listen to it, but it's not one of my favourites. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily seek it out, but no. I, I don't feel like my ears are bleeding when it comes on, and I, yeah. I enjoy it. Which is always a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice feel-good song. Yeah, It's definitely. more than fine for me. Yes. <laughs> it's more than fine. I don't know if that's a compliment. 
it's um, reasonable. It's yeah, reasonable. It's re- yeah, it's reasonable. And I, I suppose it goes back to as well, like if you're into a band, you know, you, you look forward to good B-sides. Um, and obviously the Beatles had had a, a real sort of history of having good B-sides that weren't mm-hmm. on albums. So I guess it's sort of Macca uh, and Wings following that same route, you know, by putting this out. And it must have been heard by a fair few people because Live and Let Die was a very big hit. So um, exactly. it must be a song that a lot of people own, even if they're less aware of it. So... Yeah, but you know, it's okay. It's a good one. It's a good one to start off uh, Denny's sort of vocal appearance in Wings, I think. Yeah, and I think you often say, well, we're doing these um, these episodes, would I play this to someone that maybe wasn't into Macca? So yeah. if we were looking at, with that same sort of logic, someone that maybe had said, well, Wings, what were the point of them? It was just yeah, Paul yeah. McCartney. And you yeah. wanted to say, actually, no... I probably yeah. would. This would be a good a good Denny vocal, I think, yeah. show. Yeah. And actually, it's probably worth just around the songs as we talk to say what we think of Denny Lane as a vocal uh, performer within Wings. And I, I really do like his sound. I do like his sort of folky voice. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's... And it's a good foil for Paul's voice as well, I think. And and, and much in the same way, because I know obviously he was looking for someone, having been in a band with two main singers, really, essentially, the Beatles, uh, yeah. he was looking for a foil that was sort of similar to John in, in style and vocal style. And, and Denny Lane does have a similarity in terms of his range and yeah. his sort of style. So it sort of makes sense. But yeah, I think he's, a, a, you know, very much for me, wings the wings sound, the vocal sound, is Paul, Linda and Denny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and so therefore, Denny is a very big part of that for being the other male voice, really. So, yeah, yeah. he's good. Okay, so we, we're giving that a, a thumbs up? We are, yeah. We are, okay. So I guess that brings us nicely to our next track, which, yep. David, I think you're going to take the lead on, and I that will. is No Words. And that doesn't mean it's an instrumental. through these songs in chronological order as they release this is no words which is uh, a song by both paul and denny written by paul and denny uh, which featured on obviously wing's most successful album which is band on the run and uh, it's a song that they also played live wings played live on their 1979 tour uh, and, and the concert for campuchia which was their final gig so in, in 1979 as well and actually it's sort of worth noting on that tour they also played again and again and again uh, and go now. So um, they were quite sort of heavy on the on the Denny stuff. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I find this one sort of interesting because I guess it's probably one of the least known songs on the album, Band on the Run. Mm. But it does really sit well with the rest of them and it's got a very big sound. It's a very sort of, um, I don't know, the production's very good. Um, and also, interestingly, because I say, this is also the song that Denny says is the first song they wrote together and he introduced it as that when they would play it on the 79 tour. And I, I believe it started out as two songs that were sort of joined together. But I, I mean, I know mm. we've always mentioned the B word, but it is quite sort of Beatles. And I think it's quite sort of... Um, Beatles for sale sort of style in terms of the vocals because it's very much there isn't a lead vocal on this it's mainly built around two harmonies yeah or a vocal and a harmony and then Linda on top of it yeah and it's, it's as I say it's a very big production and I guess partly some of that is to do with uh, the strings on it and I, I mentioned this as well because it's of note uh, the orchestration was done by Tony Visconti who did all of the yeah. orchestration on Band on the Run and obviously that mm-hmm. man has been involved in so many, many things. He was uh, one of Bowie's main producers who worked with him all the way through from like the early stuff to Black Star, his final album. And I'm sure you're aware of him because he worked with the Mannix. Yeah, uh, your I was favorite just about to say. <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. uh, Lifeblood, I believe, is the album, isn't it? And worked with T-Rex, Mark Bolan, the Moody Blues, all kinds of people. And also, I mean, he's just about as Beatles as you can get because his, his first wife was Mary Hopkin <laughs> and his second wife was Mae Pang. So it's like, hang on a minute, you're just literally hanging around the the, be- the Beatles people and, and the, the women around in there, there and just marrying them all. It's bizarre. But yeah, so he did the, the string arrangement on it. And I think as well, it's a very 70s sounding record. While it's got that Beatles feel, the strings particularly are very 70s. And that whole sort of Paul Middle Eight, uh, Your Burning Love, the bit that gets really high, is, is quite sort of um, Bee Gees, Elton John. It's got that sort of feel to it. But yeah, considering this, obviously it was a song that Denny started and Paul helped him finish. Um, it's it's a it really sort of holds itself up. I think, alongside the other songs on what is obviously a very, very good album. What are your feelings on this song? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it feels like quite a simple but but nice rocker. Yeah. I, I agree with the Beatles comparison, you know, mm. just goes without saying, it's very, very obvious. I kind of thought even more so very George. Yeah, um, I don't know yeah. whether vocally there was something I picked up on there that sounded quite George. It's probably the under harmony. It's the sort of, the, probably yeah. just Denny's voice, the way it moves around mm. intervals. That's quite George, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's one of uh, Paul's tricks, isn't it? Putting almost like two song ideas together and, yeah. and somehow making it work. And I, I, I like, it doesn't feel disjointed. That works no. well yeah, yeah. Um, throughout the song. Lyrically, it's fine. I quite I do like the, the title and I do like the line, mm. no words for my love. Yeah, yeah. What I thought was interesting... You know, even though that is the first time he has contributed to the writing, mm. when I've read him talking about his contributions, I don't know, he's very modest, very humble, yeah. isn't he? And he's kind of yeah, yeah. like, yeah, there's just the odd job, man. You know, yeah, I, yeah. they need a bit doing there. I'd put a bit on. Mm. Didn't even overdub of this. I'd put it on. Yeah, yeah. Paul wanted me to come up with some little ideas. I had some little noodles on the guitar. We yeah. had a verse. He said, why don't we put these two together? And, and that's mm. how it worked. And almost like, 
like you know it's that easy you know just yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and yeah um uh, yeah i suppose it was an effortless a little bit like the lennon and mccartney magic it was you could tell it was um, yeah. a very effortless uh, collaboration for them both yeah and i guess for it to work as a collaboration throughout wings because there, there is that sort of difference in um profiles because obviously denny was doing many many things pre-wings and uh, in the moody blues and there's some solo stuff that he did and other stuff and was in the incredible string band and all these other things but obviously inevitably uh, the Beatles were bigger and Paul mm. is a more high profile person. So I guess when Paul was pushing this band together and he didn't want to go for the supergroup thing, he needed someone that, um, yeah, obviously had the vocal ability, had the sort of history, but that was laid back enough. Because mm. if you consider, you know, obviously the way the Beatles ended, if you're starting something that you are essentially in control of, you're going to want people who have the ability, but are very easy going. And, yeah, definitely the impression you get from Denny when you hear him in interviews and stuff is that he is very, very easygoing. Um, and I also sort of wonder, actually, and I was thinking about this, you sort of assume that, OK, so Denny being in Wings, you know, that's a really big uh, chance for him. That's a chance for him to do, you know, to make himself a bigger name. But I do also sort of wonder whether, in a way, being in Wings held him back. Mm. Because although he does have a lot of writing, well, a fair amount of writing contributions and vocal contributions... It is, I mean, now, these days, Wings is pretty much seen as Paul McCartney solo. That's, that's I think, yeah, it even when you go on, you know, like the official chart history website, mm. yeah, it's yeah. just got Paul McCartney. When you yeah. when you put in that those details, all Wings stuff is on there as well, you yeah. know, for the most part. <laughs> and obviously, when, and when you look at sort of, I say obviously, but not necessarily, but when you look at the Wings stuff at the time, he very much wanted it to be... A, a band you know mm -hmm. he didn't want it to be Paul McCartney and Wings that was a record company thing that came in when some of the albums mm -hmm. weren't selling so well so yeah that was really his intention although obviously at the same time it was very much his baby and he was in control of it he was in charge of it um yeah but yeah I just sort of wondered because you know it's a bit like being George in the Beatles when in the recording career mm -hmm. you're, you're going to get maybe one or two songs but you're not going to get the same, you know, when you're up against a really prolific writer as Paul. Yeah. So, yeah, I just sort of wondered, and, and having listened to some of the other stuff he did later and listening to the Take It Away podcast when they interviewed Denny, you just go, well, yeah, I wonder if... Because he says he didn't, he wasn't really writing very much during the Wings period. And I would yeah. just wonder if maybe he would have written more, you know, if he hadn't been. So, so on one hand, you're in this really big band. You play, you know, all those big concerts, Wings Over America. You're on million-selling albums and, you know, you're working with someone like Macca. But at the same time, you don't get the chance to do your own stuff in the same way. So, but then at the same time, as we said, easygoing. He's an easygoing guy, so I guess he didn't really care. But yeah, I just sort of wondered, I yeah. don't know, what would be the alternate timeline if he hadn't been in Wings? When we've spoke before about um, imagine being that other guy in the room that mm. wants to say, you know, yeah, I'm not sure about that verse there. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that chord progression. I mean, would I don't know. Obviously, he did. I guess mm. Macca respects people that will challenge him and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose at that point as well. I suppose maybe Macca was at his most receptive because going back into music again the way he did after the Beatles, it's not like now. I mean, obviously, he was one of the Beatles, but he wasn't the massive solo act then. So I guess mm. at that point, it's probably easier to say yes or no to ideas and particularly if you know you're someone who is an artist who's had your own stuff or been involved in your own stuff knew the Beatles beforehand toured with them you know 
I guess it works in that way. And also because when you get to something like this and no words and band on the run, because obviously the rest of the band all left prior to mm-hmm. them going to Lagos, uh, suddenly, so there's Paul Linder and Denny, and Denny was the other sort of more of a musician at that time. So something like that. He was probably um, used and utilised a lot more than he would have been when the band was bigger. Because you, you mm. sort of forget as well, I think. You know, you sort of go, yeah, Denny Lane, he's the other figure that you know in Wings, apart from Linda. But um, at this point, you didn't know who was going to be in the band all the way through. You didn't know other members were going to leave. So I suppose mm. it's only sort of retrospectively you go, oh, yeah, he's the guy who was in Wings all the way through. Mm. But um, anyway, I'm sort of digressing, really. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good um, co-write to start with. But it's also it's a weird one though because I've written down because it's only two minutes thirty five seconds long. A lot kind of happens in it because you've got various different sections and you've got that sort of middle eight with the big falsetto vocal. But at the same time, I also sort of feel like it's a linking song. It feels like something maybe is missing. Mm. And the way it ends, the sort of outro sort of. Yeah. Fact, I thought it was a bit like um, too many people. The way that ends with the mm. sort of guitar stuff. But yeah, you just sort of go, even though a lot happens and I like it and it's, I enjoy it when I listen to it, it's not necessarily something you'd remember so well outside of listening to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, if I'm struggling, now we're having this conversation, yeah. to recall it, yes. like, um, like um, I lie around, I, yeah, yeah, it's in my head. Yeah. Um, same with Spirits of Ancient. Oh, I'm giving that away, but okay. That's all right. We know, we know it's a wing song. We know yeah, it's a Denny wing yeah. song. We're okay. Um, <laughs> same with that um, and, and the other two. But um, yeah, I am even now struggling to bring it to my mind. And... Well, I've got in my head, there's the intro, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, the big sort of string stuff. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's a good record. It's yeah. got a great sound, the, the organ on it as well. And maybe it's because it's a harmony piece as well. It's harder to pick out what the tune mm. is. But yeah, it is very much like a sort of linking song to me. It's like it's like the sort of stuff you get on Abbey Road side two. Yeah. But yeah, that's obviously hugely memorable. Uh, this is I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just nice. It's it's a nice thing to listen to. But yeah, maybe it doesn't stay in your memory beyond that too much. Yeah. Um, it's worth listening to actually because there's the um, bootleg. Uh, Wings Last Flight, which is of their last tour, 1979 tour, which they played this on. Uh, I listened to it again today. It's really, it's a really good version. So it was a good mm-hmm. live one as well. Yeah, good sort of first Denny co right? but maybe not the best Denny song in Wings or the best Denny performance, mm-hmm. I would say. That's my opinion. Yeah, it's fine. This is one one of the ones I that's probably, I don't yeah. know, how would I feel if someone uh, described one of my compositions uh-huh. as fine? Yeah, you'd be quite annoyed. <laughs> it's not the best compliment, but no. I don't know. I'd rather fine than absolutely atrocious. I think, yeah. I think that's that's a bit worse, isn't it? <laughs> and it's up against strong competition because it's a big well, album yeah. and, it's, and it's a big writer, Paul McCartney. You know, how do yeah. you stand out alongside that? I think being the first composition, or I, I know it was a co-write, mm. but the first thing that, Denny contributed. Yeah, that in itself makes it you know a bit monumental in that in that respect. And yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I've got I've got time for it in that regard. And yeah. again, it's probably not one I would skip. So that that's always no. good. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like um, it's one that when I hear it, I enjoy it, and it reminds me that I really enjoy that album. And I think it's mm. really well produced. I think the the use of the strings and the organ. Um, and the fact that it's um, engineered by Jeff Emmerich as well, who did all the Beatles stuff and a lot of the late Macca stuff, or most of the Beatles stuff. Um, it's a really good sounding record. Um, mm. 
And I think with the whole of Band on the Run, there's a definite step up, isn't there? I think mm. in terms of like compared to the albums that were prior to it and in terms of meeting with the sort of idea of the Beatles as what it's following, I guess it's the most Beatles-esque Wings album, isn't it? And as a result, mm-hmm. that's why it's the highest regarded. But I don't know. I, wouldn't say, I don't think it's necessarily the best Wings album. It's just it's... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you think. That's a big question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the standout tracks on it are exceptional and some of the best Maca writes. Yeah. But as a whole piece, maybe it's not the best for me. I, this might be controversial to say, but I probably prefer Ram as a whole. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know that's not Wings, but, you know, I'm just thinking in terms of a Maca album composition. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I think just... Those standout tracks, though, just for Band on the Run, on its yeah. own. Which is a fantastic <laughs> song, yeah, yeah you know. great song. And, and 1985 as well. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a really good album, I think, is the point. And mm. I guess it's the most familiar of the Wings albums. Mm-hmm. So probably in the same way that, like, I very seldom choose to listen to Sgt Pepper. And when I do yeah. listen to it, I go, yes, it is a really great album. But yeah. it's sort of... I don't know if it's that I'm tired with it. I think with something like Ram, there are lots of little details that you can spot that you wouldn't have heard before. There's so much going on. Whereas Band yeah. on the Run is more sort of serious, more considered, more produced, more... Mm. I don't know. It's, I mean, it is a great album, but it's not my favourite, I suppose. Yeah. But anyway, moving on from No Words, we go to the one I believe you already mentioned, uh, <laughs> Spirits of Ancient Egypt. <laughs> My baby, I love you. You can take a pound of love and cook it in the stew. And when you finish doing that, I know what you want to do. Cause you're my baby, and I love you. cat out of the bag early there Mm. yeah this is one of these songs that coming into this I thought I felt one way about okay (laughs) and then after doing the research and listening to it several times Mm. I sort of changed my opinion (laughs) I think I did as well actually so yeah yeah, same thing of yeah I I definitely had my opinion of this and it has yeah it's it's changed I'll see see what you say first and see if we see if we match (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah so off venus and mars which is an album that i really like i've got a lot of time for venus and mars and in terms of a denny vocal i think it's a a really strong vocal i love his voice particularly in the verses yeah yeah yeah. i love kind of everything he's doing there and yeah, now you've said that about John Lennon. Not that I would ever say he sounds like John Lennon, but there's something in the attitude, isn't there? There's something yeah. in that that confidence or just yeah. that sort of 
that rocker, but still, like you say, he's got that folksy feel as well. It's just something really nice that that's pleasing yeah. to the ear. And you'd never compare him to Macca, just like I would never really have compared well, any of the Beatles' vocals with each other because they were their own, you know, They're very unique. different. So that, but, I think that's where Denny was a really good person mm, good to wings because yeah because he's got a very distinctive voice that is very different to Paul's different in range yeah. and sound but like you say has a good attitude I think all of his performances in wings he really puts his stamp on it it's a really solid performance yeah definitely and so yeah I guess any issues that I had with this song sort of before going into this this episode yeah were really solely to do with the songwriting you know okay. so. <laughs> <laughs> Which as it's a Paul and Linda right, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Paul and Linda right. So, so Denny's off the hook there. Um, <laughs> for me, I just always felt like the chorus really oh. jars with the right. rest of the song. And not in that cool way of when Macca sort of copy and paste two different songs together and it just works and it brings something interesting to it. Yeah, yeah. For me, it jarred in a way that... You know, a kind of yeah, that just didn't really. <laughs> you didn't like <laughs> it. That's the impression I got. Well, <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it. I might have really liked one song that mm. sounded like the chorus of um, "Spirits of Ancient Egypt," like yeah. that fitted that, or the yeah. a, a chorus that matched the verses a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but now I've gone back to it and I've listened to it several times to try and better articulate what wasn't working for me. I'm like, do you know, in a bizarre way, it sort of works in its randomness. Spirits of ancient like the line spirits of ancient egypt i think that's what it is i I don't i don't like it i don't like that title i don't like that line it's a bit weird as well because like the chorus is quite sort of indian and it like the the, the refrain that denny's singing but Mm. yeah it's spirits of ancient egypt so we're we're not in the (laughs) same what make up your mind is the thing Mm. yeah i know i know what you mean i know i mean for me i've always found it a bit dull i thought i found it quite dull and I think, to be honest, that's to do more with the positioning it is on Venus and Mars, because I believe it's next to Medicine Jar, the song sung by Jimmy, which I really mm. don't like. So I think the combination of the two of them, I'm a bit bored. I just find it a bit boring. Mm. But then when you put it on its own, as we do when we listen to this as a sort of research, I think, yeah. no, no, I do like it. I like the, the band sound. I like the sort of walking bass on it. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's a bit of a it's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah, it's in a bizarre way. I kind of don't think it's out of place with the rest of the album. No, no, it sits with the album. Definitely, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I agree with what you sort of said about where it's sequenced. You know, within the album. Yeah. Um, if I had a Wings playlist on shuffle and yeah. it popped on, yeah, again, I wouldn't skip it. Right. I. Yeah, maybe I just can't get over the lyrics. Maybe that's my hang-up. Uh-huh. I've always been one of those people that would be quick to get the lyric book out of a CD yeah. cover or back in the day out of a cassette case and, and read it and try and interpret what was being said. And yeah, 
I don't think a lot's been said. No, yeah. it's just very bizarre and random. I mean, I've picked out the bizarre line, which is just nonsense of you could sell an elevator to Geronimo, is it? Is it send an elevator to Geronimo? I said, send, you send, yeah. yeah. So at least that makes sense, but it also yeah. doesn't. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just that that doesn't scan like a very yeah. <laughs> well written line to me. Yeah. Um, it's not very often but, where you've got the rhyme, you go, I'll put Geronimo. That'll be yeah. my choice. <laughs> I mean, at least he didn't go for the obvious rhyme there. So, you know. Well, true, yeah. Hats off for that. Um, Interestingly, did you know that this song was sampled by Dr. Dre? (laughs) Looking at my face, do you think I'm the sort of man that would know that? (laughs) No, I I didn't. That is very random. What did did they sample? Do you know? I'm not sure which bit it was. I haven't listened. Uh But um, (laughs) it was in the song Gone. So Okay, I'll write that down. Check out. Yeah, gone by Dr. Dre. And I've got a little bit of um a little bit of a review here. Right. So I don't know if you think this is harsh, (laughs) (laughs) but I will read it. Okay. So caught between a generic rocker and quasi-mystical claptrap. Is that word again? Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Denny's writing contribution to the album is oh skippable, is what he calls it. But then the irony is he didn't write it. Well, yeah, true. Was that what true. was there? Was that Rolling Stone by any chance? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I've I've certainly read that review before. I, I know mm. that Venus and Mars gets a really harsh rap. I remember it's you know it's quite negative on Magneto and Titanium Man, which I think is great. Um, yeah, yeah, and I guess it was at that period where it was really they were really giving Paul a hard time, weren't they? But but yeah, it's funny like you said about um, early on, and you what was it you said about. Something to do with being harsher on Denny with this, and then you—it's mm. the same thing. I, I always assumed this was a Denny written song because at yeah. this point he was writing stuff for them. I assumed at the very least it was a co-write, yeah. and I didn't really like it. But actually, yeah, it's a Paul and Linda write, and I think, like you're saying, yeah, I really like the verses that they really sort of stamp something there. There's a good sort of message going on. It doesn't have a middle eight, which I think is mm. possibly again. It's just—I just think it's a bit sort of—I don't know—it's. It, I think Denny on it is great. I think yeah. his Indian refrain stuff he sings, that's really, really good. Yeah, I and also all the sort of hung on the telephone, I'm not I'm not sure about that. No. I th- I, and as well, I think because the high points on that album, things like, you know, Treat Her Gently or, you know, any of the high points on that, they completely sort of overrun a song like this. I think it's just a bit sort of leaden. Yeah, album filler is probably yeah. how I would describe it. But I agree with you, the verses are really good. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you said about articulating something, because it does also at the end sound like an articulated lorry is reversing. The word sort of beep, beep yeah. going on, which is like, I've always assumed. And I thought, did they did they make that noise then? I, I don't know if in the 70s they made that noise. It did remind me, though, of there's a thing that John Lennon said about the thing that inspired I'm the Walrus. Um, mm. And it was the idea of when you listen to a record, things in the environment around you sometimes happen, like something going, like a lorry reversing, and it weirdly sort of fits with it. And mm. then you, and so it was, it was a quote, I can't remember the exact quote, John talking about, you know, how, yeah, like the things in the environment sometimes add to the song. And that's what inspired the the melody of the did and did and was a, a police siren going past that made the intro yeah. worse. Um, so, yeah, it's, I wonder if that's a similar thing as well, but it's a bit weird that it's got like a lorry reversing at the end of it. I'm not really sure why that is. I suppose it's a good job it doesn't have one that says, this lorry is reversing. Yeah. That would be weird. But, yeah, maybe that was one of Wings reversing it. I don't know. Maybe they all got in it and drove off. What's that got to do with Egypt? I don't know what they're trying to tell us here. No. <laughs> it's all so mixed up. 
Yeah, you do wonder if that was just one of those random lines Probably. that Maka was singing. He woke up, he had a tune in his head, yeah. he saw a picture of one of the pyramids on the wall and thought, wow, maybe a spirit of ancient Egypt was talking to me in my sleep. I like that. <laughs> and he just sang yeah. that on loop and then the rest of the song. Maybe. Who knows? Kind of still doesn't really fit around it, does it? But, no, you know. it doesn't excuse it, really, no. does it? <laughs> it's quite glam as well. It's quite glam rock, I thought, which is a bit late for glam rock, but mm. it's got that sort of feel to it. Yeah, and like I say, I like the bass on it. I like the voices. I like, you know, Denny does the first verse. Denny and Paul, mm. I think, do the second verse. Then they do it with Linda in the chorus. You know, again, that nucleus of the three of them makes a really good vocal sound. Mm. I would say this is more forgettable than No Words. I think No Words is actually a better more gripping song than this. Mm. These are probably the sort of songs that make people less into Wings albums, I think, because they're not on a part of the sort of higher points or the Beatles songs or whatever, really. Yeah, you sort of think, why put it on? (laughs) Yeah, and I guess partly because they were heading towards like doing the big tour that they did. In fact, Mm. um, that was the next year, but Wings Over America, maybe they were looking for something for Danny to sing live. I don't know. It's, It's presumably that. Um, and also to the other thing, when you talk about Denny Lane, you always see him or I always saw him as like sort of Macca's main um, musical contributor, songs and stuff in Wings. But one thing we've definitely keep finding, which is weird and I hadn't really noticed, is how many were Paul and Linda co-writes. So yeah. actually, when it comes down to songwriting, I mean, I haven't added it up, but I suspect you'd get more Paul and Linda co-writes yeah. than you'd get Paul and Denny. And I guess, yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, they live together yeah. and they work so... <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's sort of interesting that she played a much bigger part, it seems, in the songwriting than mm. people give her credit. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not your fault on this one, Denny. We're not blaming you, actually. We're blaming Paul and Linda. You, you did a good job with some yeah. sort of fairly make-weight material. That's our opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is that our opinion with the next track? Interested to hear what you think of this, David. So, uh, the note you never wrote.
Now this, well, I'll go straight out on a limb and say I think it's possibly Denny's finest performance in Wings, um, vocally. Um, and I think this song is a bit of a forgotten gem, really, because um, yeah. it is one that no one who sort of knows the peripherals of Paul McCartney would be aware of. And possibly that is slightly because it's sung by Denny. Um, and, I don't, and that's nothing against Denny at all, because I think Denny, as I just said, the best, best vocal performance, I think, in his Wings time. But I think, I mean, it's on uh, Wings of the Speed of Sound, uh, which was released in 76. That album, one of the main negative things that's said about it is that he gave a vocal performance to every member of the band. Mm. So as a result, and while this song does fit Denny's voice so perfectly, I wonder if if Paul had sung this, it would be a better known song. Um, Mm. I think it's a great record. I think it's really well produced, but in a really clever sort of sparse atmospheric way it was one of these things i was listening to it again today and i thought i mean there's quite a lot of um balls to this to to mention denny lane's other band um (laughs) in the sense of leaving it so open but yet everything that comes in as it comes in in the song is perfectly pitched the guitar solo jimmy mcculloch's guitar solo is i would say his best performance in the band ever the strings when they come in as well they're really beautiful uh, yeah, it's a really, really good song. And considering it's so sparse, mostly built around like a road or whatever it is. And again, on vinyl, you'd think that this would get lost a bit because it's so quiet as well. But it's really confident. And I think the music perfectly matches the story. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of the song, finding the note you never wrote to me, mm-hmm. is a really good idea. That's a really strong idea. So, yeah, that's sort of the main things I think about. It. What do you think of this song? I agree with everything you've just said. Marvellous. <laughs> I think, well, the words I wrote down when I when I was first starting doing my notes was gorgeous, haunting mm. and melancholic as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just got that, it's tinged with sadness, but in a sort of beautiful, very moving way. And I agree, it's Denny's best vocal performance with Wings, mm. you know, to date, I think. Absolutely. I love it lyrically. I lo- like you said, it's a really simple but very clever idea. Just, mm. you know. Yeah. And, yeah, like the lyrics throughout, particularly I've written one here, he never is going to get a quote from the little rote that you never wrote to me. Yes. It's just, yeah, that's just... Very good. Very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I agree with what you said about Jimmy McCulloch's uh, guitar work as well absolutely mm. beautiful beautiful solo i love the instrumentation as well as flute is it yes yeah, yeah fluting and percussion throughout it's, it's really strong same with jimmy mcculloch's solo even the way he plays the feedback at the end there's that the last little phrase of the solo and he plays mm. the feedback you know he's obviously getting yeah. that from the amp and it's done excellently it's just it's just perfect it's a really 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 good solo very clever. That was going to be my my next point. Actually, was that the the ending, and you know, when it's kind of doing that me mm. sort of fade out. I remember guitar coming in there just just to kind of yeah, just to end it. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's perfect. I think I know what you sort of said about the feedback that that album had at the time, Wings at the mm. Speed of Sound, being quite negative because of how many other vocalists had leads or you know other band members did but for me that's the best song on the album I think hands down it's just stunning absolutely yeah and and like where it comes because it's the second song in the album so it follows Let Mm. Him In which is the really good opener Mm. as well 
basing it on that thing about all the members singing the songs. Although I do really like uh, Must Do Something About It, the one that's um, sung uh, by the drummer, Joe English. Um, but this is, you couldn't say this was a throwaway song that, you know, no. this is not Spirits of Ancient Egypt. This is a really no. bloody good song that, yeah, I, I just I, I, like the strings I find, they're, they're, they're quite sort of emotional. There's a bit where there's a little phrase towards the end where they really come out mm. in that last yeah. verse. And it's, it's just beautiful. I found out it's arranged by Fiacre Trench, which I think is, I think that's somewhere deep in the ocean. I'm not entirely sure. Arrangement. <laughs> uh, she also uh, arranged Warm and Beautiful, but also Put It There, the 1989 song Put It There. So she stuck around. Um, but yeah, sorry, you were saying I, I interrupted as I always do. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, that's another reason for me to quit the podcast, I think, David. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> First he got in the bloody air tonight. <laughs> what an idiot. And he and he confused Jeff Womfel with Jeff Dunbar. He's awful. Well, you, you did interrupt the most interesting piece of information, which was <laughs> that this song was sampled by that well-known dance act, 88 Keys. Oh, 88 Keys. <laughs> yeah, in the song Dirty Peaches. Oh, good old Dirty Peaches. So. Yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Nothing worse than a dirty peach. And I mean, do you wash it? Because it's got that sort of slightly velvety feel. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this song, I honestly think, is just completely forgotten, even in the Wings uh, mm. discography. And also, interestingly, because we often mention Take It Away, the, that fantastic uh, Macca podcast, they were quite down on it. They were quite negative yeah. about it. Um, and that really surprised me. Um, because I just think I just think it's brilliant, and I think mm. actually what is so good about it. Having said, okay, I think people would know it more if it was sung by Paul. Yeah. But I don't, and, and this is a big thing to say because Paul is such a fantastic vocalist. I don't think he would have done it justice the way that Denny Lane does because it's a really well acted, really powerful vocal. It's brilliant. It perfectly fits with him, uh, mm. his voice. Uh, yeah, and I just think it's a shame that people don't know it he also re-recorded it there's um uh, an album that denny recorded i think it's in the 2000s uh, it's not a great title wings at the sound of denny lane so not yeah. wings at the speed of denny lane wings at no. the sound of denny lane um <laughs> but yeah he does an acoustic cover on that just uh, voice and an acoustic and again it's great it's just yeah. great um yeah. yeah i mean god if you know this is the song that paul gives you because do this one on yeah. your album one, you'd be like, shit, how do I do this justice? But he did it brilliantly. It's such, it's such a good song. It's such a yeah. good song. And on the same album, we're sticking with the same album. Now we're going to talk to you about Time to Hide.
yeah, this is a, another, again, it's up there for me. I think yeah. my two favourite songs off this album would be the two uh, Denny songs. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Denny Leagues that we've just, yeah, well, this one and the one we've just discussed. Yeah. Um, I, I probably don't like it as much as The Note You Never Wrote because that is right. just a, at a different level for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's one that I would go back to a lot, I think. But, um, you know, it, it's just... I almost used the word nifty then, but I stopped myself. Nothing wrong with using the word nifty. Nifty's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got, it's got a... It's not, it's not trendy. Trendy you can't <laughs> no. use. No, I, I love the bass line. And... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great band performance, this one. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. And, like, the harmonica and the introduction. And it's a, another great Denny vocal. I like. He's sort of got his, his rock on, isn't he? It's sort yeah, of a, yeah. a nice rock vocal. Um, lovely harmonies from Macca and Linda again. This so that sort of yeah. complementing it really brings out that wings sound, which yeah, it's really found its feet in this album. And you could never, I mean, we said this before, you could never mix that sound up with the Beatles. They are not no. trying to emanate something that has already gone before. They're very much creating their own identity and putting their own stamp on it yeah it's like you get that you know there's the whenever i sort of mentioned being a maca fan or wings fan you get the alan partridge line thrown back at you which is our oh, wings they're the, only the band the beatles could have been but mm-hmm. there's this idea that yeah it's just like a sort of beatles light if you like but yeah their sound is not i mean vo- and like you say vocally particularly it's nothing like the beatles i mean i know we've said obviously there are going to be songwriting similarities and like we said about mm-hmm. no words but no there's there's a very very distinctive blend mainly between those three voices and it's a, it's a very individual sound actually more so than say I would say any of the solo Beatles uh, projects, mm, you know, yeah. this is one where there's, a, you know, it's a band sound. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, as I said, the Denny tracks are my faves on this album. They are, hmm. they're interesting. This one is particularly interesting, I think, thanks to, you know, it's got a good chord progression. And I just like, it's, it's got a cool laid back vibe. Yeah, yeah. Which just suits Denny it suits his voice it suits his whole sort of persona it comes through in the track and I think it's a, it's a little bit of a shame because Wings at the Speed of Sound is probably my well I was about to say one of my least favorite Wings <laughs> albums yeah we'll get to Wildlife at some point uh, I'm that's sure just, that's just that's a given that's a given you know, <laughs> yeah. well of course that I mean that's basically shit <laughs> or crap uh, <laughs> I said crap not shit crap I'm only saying shit because normally when we upload this, it's in the explicit section of the podcast because we swear occasionally. Yes. So I just thought I'd use a few just to to, to justify yeah. that credit, really. It is fucking shit. This is fucking crapping shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, uh, what I was going to say is it's a shame that these hidden gems like mm. um, Time to Hide and The Note You Never Wrote are sort of they're lost a little bit mm. on an album that has a lot of filler. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss this at some point, but Cook of the House. Oh. <laughs> when we're talking about fucking shit. Mm. That, that's, maybe, <laughs> that's, maybe that's tarnishing my opinion of the whole album. It's, it's, it's a little bit like you and McCartney too yeah. and Boogie Music. It's hard, it's hard to forgive an album that has something like Bogey Music and, and Frozen Jap on for you. And yep. uh, yeah, a little and bit like that. there's the cusp you mentioned, Frozen Jap has to be in every yes. episode. 
Definitely. We're, we're sponsored by Frozen Jack. Um, <laughs> we get all our funding from them. But yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, mm. And the funny thing is, yeah, so songs like Cook of the House, yeah, that's really not a good moment. No. But, you know, like I say, Must Do Something About It, that's a good song. I like that. It's just, I think it's mm. quite a poppy album. That's the thing. It's quite a sort of middle-of-the-road poppy album. And the, mm. the exceptions are ones like this, uh, The Note You Never Wrote. Um, yeah. they, they sort of give it a bit more weight. Maybe it would have been like a good... Like Magical Mystery Tour was a, a double EP, you know, maybe it would have been a good double EP or, an you know, an EP instead of an album. Maybe it didn't need an album at that time. Yeah, I quite like as well, like like uh, the, the Note You Never Wrote. I, I think they're both very good titles, that and mm. Time to Hide. And I like the way that they weave the title into the song. Like I, yeah. I like the line, uh, Baby, Won't You Let Me Have a Little Time to Hide. I just like the way it's weaved in. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, like Spirits of Ancient Egypt, that's the title and we're just going to sing it over and over again. <laughs> now, at this point, you know, it, it's not sort of like we're just popping the title in the chorus because we needed a cool hook. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite like the way it's weaved in. Yeah, definitely. And it's got simple lyrics, but I quite like it again. I like the sort of repetition of, um, I, I think, the line, run. And then he says, running. If I had to run, I'm not running out on you. Yeah, and I like yeah. that. It doesn't feel clunky. It, it feels quite, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the Shake a little sound out of your shoes as well. There yeah. are some good, good lines in it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, two in a row that I would give a very big thumbs up to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd actually say on this one, this is one of my favourite, uh, more so for the live version. I think the live mm -hmm. version of Time to Hide on Wings Over America and in the rock show film is a real highlight. Um, and it's because it's ever so slightly up in tempo from the record version. Um, and also Denny plays harmonica on it and stuff live. It, it's one of those ones that I actually go to a lot just to listen to because I just want to hear it. one of my favorite wings records that performance and there we go it's a denny song it's a denny vocal mm. so and also i i think while we're talking about denny songs like this though illustrate how good a supporting musician that paul is and how good a supporting vocalist paul is mm. because when he's in that secondary role you know the harmonies he does on this the bass is great on this song he really drives it along it, you know if you're in a band and you've got Mako backing you up it's going to be a great sound, isn't it? And, it? and it's just really good to hear because it's not something... It's something you got a lot in the Beatles. Obviously, John would be singing a song, George would be singing a song, Macca would back them up, and you'd... Often in the songs written by other Beatles, Paul's at his best musically because mm -hmm. he's kind of freed up. And I think that's really evident in this song as well. But, yeah, I, this is a, a real Wings highlight for me. Um, yeah. Interestingly, though, when I was reading up the uh, sort of write-up of the instruments played on it, uh, it said that Denny played the gob iron... <laughs> 
<laughs> which I was like gobeyan and I looked it up and it's it's an it's like a basic well it's it's a term for a basic form of harmonica but oh, gob, right. gobeyan just <laughs> it sounds like you, like if someone's got a cob on you've got a bit of, yeah he's got a bit of a gobeyan on yeah um but yeah got yeah. oh so I well I correct myself there there wasn't a bit of a cool harmonica in the intro it yeah, was the old, a bit of cool gobeyan it was the old gobeyan wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> and then when I when I looked that up, looked up the term, it said I think it was on Wikipedia. Anagram for gob iron is bog iron. It's like I could have worked that one out. You know what I mean? I didn't. Do, oh yeah, you can get bog out of gob for God's sake. Actually, speaking of wings at the speed of sound, there's a bit of a debate here. Do you think the album is called Wings at the Speed of Sound, or is it called At the Speed of Sound? But the artist is wings. I've always thought of it as wings at the speed of sound. Well, so have I. But then when they did the archive edition, and that was the next one's coming, it said, oh, coming up next, at the speed of sound. Oh. So, and I think it's actually listed as at the speed of sound, which isn't, yeah, again, not at all how I hear it. It's always been wings at the speed of sound. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's a pointless question, but it's the sort of thing that, you know, anal music fans obsess on. And I use the word anal there, again, just to apply to the um, explicit thing. But yeah, so yeah, like you say, two thumbs ups from two Denny songs or Denny performances, uh, and they're both on the same album, which gets a very uh, rough ride, that song. So, uh, that album, sorry. So, there you go. Interesting. And now we move into our child themed segment of the podcast. Yep. (laughs) And I'll let you start us off with Children, Children. Strangely, we're at a time now where there's two songs on the same album that both have the word children in it. This one has the word children in it twice in the title. It's weird. So, yeah, this is uh, 1978. This is off of uh, London Town, Um, the album that was mostly recorded on a yacht in the Virgin Islands. But not this one. This song was recorded in London, I believe, Um, which is probably a good idea because it's very sort of acoustic-y and very quiet. Uh, London Town is an album that has, I think it's five co-credits between Denny and Paul of which this is one. So this is the point where Denny's really getting quite central in the band. I really like this one. It's a very simple song. Uh, it's a very sort of tender arrangement. So it's sort of soft instrumentation. It's got an auto harp on it. It's got flute on it and violin and all kinds of things going on. And it's just a really nice sounding record. Um, one thing I noticed about it, I think it's really well vocally arranged, this one. The backing vocals are really good. But it reminded me of Surf's Up and also Child is the Father of the Man, the Smile <laughs> song. Yeah. The Children chill, yeah. Children. It's got this sort of syncopated thing with the backing yeah. vocals, which is very like that last bit of Surf's Up, the, the Beach Boy song. Wonderful thing, a children's song.
I checked because I wasn't quite sure when they came out and that was 71 this is 78 so so it is quite likely they did uh, influence it Mm. and I really like that song so it was nice to hear that sort of thing in it I also um, I complained on one of our previous episodes about uh, Paul doing a bit of a sort of Irish accent uh, on Calico Skies (laughs) on the live version but there's a really nice bit on the final verse of this because it's a bit like a sea shanty And it's got the it's the repeat of I know the tiny waterfall, magic little place. They're all doing, and Paul particularly, this sort of good sea shanty accent, and it really works. Again, we're talking about wings as a you know a vocal sound and a vocal arrangement. This is another great one for that. And also because again we're in that territory again, where most of this album, or certainly by the time it was released, was Paul, Linda and Denny again. So we've gone back to that sort of nucleus. So it's one I like. It's not necessarily one that... It's a bit like what we were saying about no words in the sense of you might forget how this one goes, particularly because it's one of two songs on the same album with the word children in the title. But Mm -hmm. I actually do think it's a really lovely little song. And I also like where it's got the start all over again line and then it does the whole arrangement again. So it's a bit like your mother should know in that sort of sense with the sing it again thing. But yeah, I like it. What do you think? Um, Yeah, it was a bit of a grower for me. I wasn't... A little bit like you. I li- I like the album itself. I really like London Town. I love the folksy feel. So it sits well in general, just because I like the album. Yeah. But it was a grower in that I am really doing the research for this is when I actually started noticing things about it that I like, right. maybe that I hadn't paid much mind to before. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, lyrics is quite important to me and it just doesn't do much for me lyrically. I haven't even written any down that stand out. So perhaps that is what I was not responding to as well. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's just a little bit twee for my liking. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. But then again, as I said, it's a grower and I like the folksy vibe. It's just got a nice, yeah, nice feel to it. But not my fave from that era and I think that right. that's... Yeah. That's pro- I'm comparing it to the to, to songs I love off that album. So it's just it's better than fine, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not one of my favourites. But um, critiquing Denny's sort of contributions to it, I do really love his vocals. I think mm. they sound lovely, and I like Linda's backing vocals. I think that sh- she's sort of coming through nicely in the mix as well. Yeah. And, yeah, there's some nice things happening instrumentally. We've got some quite um, nice acoustic layers coming in throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I'd call it a perfectly pleasant folk song. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy with that description. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I think 
Because it's very in keeping with the title. I think it's a bit like a little sort of um, sort of like a nursery rhyme almost. Um, and it's funny you say about mm. the twee thing. I mean, I think it's songs like this that definitely give London Town the reputation for being folky and being mm. a bit sort of lighter. Um, but I would say, as, while I do like the song Girlfriend off of that album, I would say that that is more twee than this. I think mm. this one is more convincing to me. Um, yeah. For what it is, if you know what I mean, it, the story it's telling, and it's got things because I know the, a, a tiny waterfall, a magic little place. It's it's all very sort of um, fairy tale. Yeah. So I quite like that, and yeah, and the vocals I think again are really well arranged on this song. Yeah, it's just a, it's a pretty song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And probably out of the child themed numbers, I probably prefer this one slightly, maybe okay. just maybe just a touch. Although in saying that, there are, well, we'll get to it in a second, but there are some interesting musical things happening in the next song. There's a Make Me Wonder if actually I prefer that one. So I should go a little bit back and forth, but I'll discuss in a moment. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that definitely at this point of Wings, Denny is playing a much more central part. And I've read in a couple of places, although I've not really sort of got it properly vouched for, that there was some consideration around this time of Paul and Denny going out together and doing a, like a sort of acoustic tour. I don't know if that's All true. Right. I've read that in a few places, but that would certainly yeah. follow with with the material they were coming up with and with the, you know, the amount of co-writes. Because, I mean, on that album, there's, as well as the ones that Denny sings and the other one we're going to talk about, there's Don't Let It Bring You Down, there's London mm. Town um, co-writes, there's Mull of Kintyre, the single that came from that time. So they're all quite acoustic-y and they're all, as I say, Denny Paul co-writes. So I think that would have been a really interesting thing if they had done that. I would have liked to have seen that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have seen it then because I would have been minus three or something. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would have liked to watch it on YouTube is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we should move on. We'll go from the first of the children duo to the second of the kids duo, Deliver Your Children. said previously uh, another track off london town should be dedicated to midwives really shouldn't it deliver your children <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, it should be well there is a child theme and wasn't linda pregnant at the time yeah so, with james with this with their first son yeah, yeah their only son, so in fact. would it have influenced the themes on the album at all maybe maybe yeah maybe, maybe yeah. um having a sort of prettier more folky album because, um, you know, kids love folk they music. They love a bit of folk, obviously. don't they? It's, it's yeah, folk, they're famous that. for it. They, they <laughs> bloody love the folk, they do. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this was the B-side of I've Had Enough. And Actually, I believe it was a double A side, wasn't it? Or, or, or at least, sorry, I think I think I'm pre-trivia-ing <laughs> you. I'll let you say it. 
we've, uh, yeah, we've gone on the, uh, the same website there. Yeah, Paul McCartney so, Project, probably. <laughs> um, did end up getting joint single status, didn't it? And did yeah. particularly well in the Netherlands. So yeah, they obviously lo- love a bit of folk there as well. Number 13, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, they do. They love it. They bloody love it. Nobody loves folk more than a kid in the Netherlands. It's a well-known yeah. fact. <laughs> a baby as well, just being delivered. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little known thing. It's like, you know, you say they put babies into water and they can swim straight away. Yeah. If you play them folk music, they love it and then oh, they, re- they repeat it to you. Then they get out the old gob iron on one of those like metal <laughs> things. And back to the song, back to the song. Yeah, so apparently written originally during the sort of 75 Venus and Mars sessions. And I'm right. wondering, is there a little bit of that vibe hanging around there? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I guess in the sense, well, this is a folky song. It's a bit more driven, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So this was a song that was mostly written by Denny. But as with a lot of his other compositions, Maka helped finish it off, really. And yeah. Um, yeah, I said I did say that I like it a little bit less than Children, Children, hmm. but actually, I think structurally there are some slightly more interesting things happening. So that, yeah. that sort of makes me go a little bit back and forth on it. Um, and I think yeah, the guitars are like playing in a, in a D minor with a capo up on the seventh yeah. fret, so it makes it sound like it's like in another key or like in yes. key of A or something, A minor. And apparently, uh, doing this research, I found out that it's neither in a major or minor key, but actually in a Dorian mode. Right. So I don't want to get too like <laughs> too music theory geek, <laughs> but I don't know. That just gives it a slightly well as I say, interesting vibe structurally, hmm. which I think Children, Children, I liked. It was perfectly pleasant, but it was yeah. it was quite simple, a, a typical structure, if you like, whereas yeah, yeah. I like that this is doing something a little bit more interesting. Yeah. And there's sort of uh, Spanish-y, like, guitar licks going throughout. Yes, because that's, that's Denny playing that, isn't it? Because yeah. I know he was very into Spanish guitar. Um, uh, yeah, and it does. I mean, it sounds quite like a twelve string, but I think it is actually. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a, again going with that sort of driven feeling. There's some good sort of lead guitar, Spanish guitar stuff going on in this one, definitely. Yeah, and apparently Rolling Stone magazine, sort of to quote them again, described this as wonderful and yes. quite possibly the best song on the album. Yeah, so, which you know, is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess this song sort of counteracts that thing about London Town being seen to be a bit dull. I mean, I know both you and I, you know, I really like the album. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, and another, again, this is another good example of Paul as a supporting musician because I think, well, more as a supporting vocalist because obviously he's doing the harmony in this one, the sort of higher harmony. But he manages to sort of sit back on it. It's still he's very much a supporting musician, if you know what I mean. And Denny's yeah, the lead yeah. on it, rather than it being like a sort of Everly Brothers thing. So yeah, it's it's good. I like it. I I think I probably prefer Children Children to this one as well. Actually, um, mm. I think it's because I quite like that the sort of surfs up thing I was saying about with the vocals. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but this one's a, it's a good song. It's a it's a good sort of folky song, and like you say, it's got a a different sort of sound to it. It's got a good ending as well. And if you want to hear some more, I'll sing it again. And that's how it ends, which I think is mm, a good. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a bit like the um, At The Mercy thing, isn't it? Uh-huh. At the end of a busy day, I have nothing more to say. I've written underrated writing at this point. I think around this time, yeah. the songs are well written. So that's that one, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it sort of seemed to be focusing on a specific era particularly for the last two Hmm. so i'm glad that the last song we're going to discuss is off another album that you and i uh, rate quite highly so 
this is again and again and again, not again and again and again and again, like I've written in my notes. <laughs> just, when do I stop? <laughs> yeah. It's, and funny enough, because I was getting the old um, Amazon Alexa thing to say this, it's quite, it's quite a hard one to ask for. <laughs> Alexa, please play again and again and again. But that's the title. So again and again and again, uh, this classic from <laughs> Back to the Egg. Yeah, I, I really like this one. It's a really good sort of band performance. It feels like a live performance. Um, I believe most of it was recorded live in the studio. In fact, Lawrence Juba, who was the lead guitarist at that time, said that it was the first one they sort of recorded live just as a sort of song, you know, as a straightforward performance rather than the usual sort of overdubbing stuff. Um, mm. It's written, I believe, by... Denny alone I'm just now I'm not so sure if it might be a, a co-write I can't find the information in front of me yeah I think it is a Denny on his so, own right yeah I, think I believe so. so we'll say that you know it's not as bad as in the air tonight mistake we can just say that um yeah and it's an interesting one again it's a good one for Macca's performance with him it's got little sort of vocal things in it that are a bit reminiscent of um please please me or the Everly Brothers song Kathy's Clown where you've got a note holding the harmony while the other one descends beneath it um which I quite like and again it's a good vocal performance from Denny it's really sort of sold quite nicely it's another one they played on their 1979 tour uh, and in their final Wings gig, Concert for Campuchia. And, I mean, we, we've said before, Back to the Egg gets a sort of a bit of a mixed review, really. I think it's quite highly regarded amongst fans. I know Paul himself doesn't rate it very highly. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say it's an amazing song, but it's a fun performance. Um, it sounds very live um, in the studio. Yeah, and it's good. It was also it was recorded in uh, Spirit of Ranachan studio, which is basically a converted barn in Scotland up in the farm there so mm. not spirit of ancient egypt studio no. <laughs> spirit spirit of ranacham what what do you think of it this is another one of those that i had assumed was a maca right i, I thought okay i don't know why i think i just felt, i felt it was very very polished and yeah. that sounds like an insult to denny i, I don't mean that um <laughs> insulting at all yeah it just felt like a strong maca track um or tracker mac Pack a Mac, yeah. Mm. Better than a pack a Mac. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, I really like it. In fact, when we were going to do the A's, mm. I think this was one of my contenders for one of the ones to discuss because yeah, yeah. I love the song and I love the album that it's off. But yeah, glad that we've left it for the Denny episode. I like it. I like the I don't know, what would you call it? Sort of um this is like electroacoustic strums coming through. 
Yeah, it does have that sort of sound to it. It's, it's quite yeah. a sort of electrified, but like you say, while being acoustic. So yeah. I think that's what feeds that thing for me of it sounding very much like a live performance. And is it like two parts of, you know, two songs, two ideas yes. combined again? Yeah, he had he had one called, well, You Don't Want to Be a Little Woman was that bit. And then yeah. again, 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 again. And I think actually whether Maka co-wrote or not, he just sort of suggested, well, why don't you Do sit that, them together? Yeah. yeah, put them together. It it is nice, and again, we keep talking about sort of having that, just getting into a groove. This, this album in particular has a groove to it that yeah. is really funky. And I know again, we will probably discuss. I'm going to have to do a whole episode on the album. I think at some point, yeah, yeah, when we get around to the bees again, maybe we could do it for E, and we could go backwards. Yeah. Egg, egg to the yeah. back, back to egg, <laughs> egg the to back. I don't know. It doesn't really work. Um. Well, we're talking about a Denny vocal there, but I think that is complemented by Macca's more gravelly. Um, yes. He's just doing something funky and different to his voice. Particularly in the outro, that again and yeah. again and again, he's really, and he, when he keeps going. And I know people have sort of said, well, that just shows the wear and tear was starting to come in then, and that's just the start of the decline. But I disagree. Yeah. I think he's trying something. Yeah, me too. Because he's got smooth, crystal clear vocals after this, after this album. Yes. And during this album as well. And during, yeah. We're Open Tonight, for example, or um, Million Miles. They're, they're really clean vocals so yeah i don't agree with that theory at all yeah so i think yeah fits in with the funky vibe and i like the way he sings the verses as well in the mm. similar vein to what's the first song that we did today was, i lie around i lie around all over the place you know the sort of <laughs> that, that way he sings yeah, yeah. That, that's just got his stamp all over Although i think it. that's actually paul doing the oh, all over the place yeah yeah no, I- <laughs> He's doing Just his, chame- his yeah. chameleon thing again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before doing this episode, I would have said, hands down, I'm going to say again and again and again is my favourite Denny vocal and um, composition. Hmm. Um, I've changed my mind on that now. It's the note you never wrote. I know he didn't write that but the song he didn't write yeah the song he didn't write but the vocal in that mm. is just yeah so it's something else it's brilliant but yeah again and again and again is is up there for me it's a classic yeah i tell you vocally as well it reminds me a bit of they always say about like um twist and shout for example or uh, where mm. um you can hear john's energy is inspiring paul's energy or something like money that's what i want as well which yeah. is belting it out i think this song they're both really going for it and that's feeding off each other i think they're both giving a really good vocal performance and there's some really nice arrangement stuff in it and and they're taking it all into consideration bit that bit sounds really nice it's just Mm. yeah it's a really again i think it's one of those things you know because again they say wings well they're not really a band um this is a song that very much goes against that and i know it's um you know it's the last wings lineup so again it's a it's a different group of people but again, this sounds like people have been playing together for a long time. Mm. Um, and it doesn't, it's not, well, for one, it's Denny singing, but it's not like, oh, this backing band for Paul thing. It's not really that at yeah. all. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a fun one. And like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever thought it was my favourite Denny song, but it's certainly one I really enjoy listening to um, and a high point in a, in a good album as well, I would mm. say. I like, have you seen the video for it? No. It's worth watching. It's the, all of them in a field. They're all standing in a field in amongst like corn and stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's like a one take wonder. 
basically. Yeah. And there's an amusing bit where there's like the the drum. They're basically not rehearsed it in any form, and the drummer's just standing there at the kit, and then they decide to start circling around him. And I thought this is maybe like it's the secret to crop circles. Maybe wings yeah. were the people that made the crop circle. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything until you see it, but it's worth watching <laughs> it. And also because Denny's hair is pretty special. It's really quite spectacular <laughs> in this one, as is Linda's mullet. Linda is full on, short at the top, long at the back mullet going on this one um and also it's worth mentioning because paul's playing an acoustic bass which is unusual as well so worth mm-hmm. watching for the video but yeah no it's a good one um but having said that out of the two songs that were written only by denny i prefer time to hide i think uh, particularly mm-hmm. as the live performance i think it's a bit more i think it's a bit more memorable as a song for me um whereas this is more like a good record again that i like yeah so that is all of the, I believe, eight songs that Denny sings lead on in the main discography. Uh, I mean, it's worth mentioning as well, I suppose, particularly because they did it live. Obviously, the song that Denny is really associated with outside of Wings is Go Now, the uh, yeah. Moody Blues song. Um, and they played that on the Wings Over America tour. Yeah. And I think that's uh, a really great version as well. Really isn't good it? version. Yeah. We've already said. got denny really nailing the vocal yeah and then just again you got paul in the backing band doing that it's going to be a good thing you know i imagine it was a really good moment in that concert partly as well because probably a song you wouldn't think they play necessarily mm. oh and also we didn't mention richard Corey, which is the folky song the um paul simon song that they yeah. sing on that tour as well but we you know we mentioned it now so what are you going to do <laughs> eh? you're going to complain you didn't pay anything for this Damn it! And I didn't even <laughs> didn't even make a mistake about in the air tonight. Tonight, so you know what you can do. I'm sure there's other mistakes, but what what can you say? Yeah, we'll edit them. Yeah, we'll correct them <laughs> as we go. <laughs> Next time, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that list of corrections will get longer and longer. Interestingly, I think this is the first episode we've done where neither of us sort of hated or disliked. Mm. a track that all we've had to fight to anything's corner yeah that's true I think that's true of it isn't it yeah i would say so so that's I mean, good and we were sort of in agreement that spirits of ancient egypt is maybe a little bit lesser but yeah no mm. it's, and so that's quite interesting that that's the case and yet they're the denny songs i think that goes yeah sort of nicely against maybe what you might think you know mm. the opinion would be and I, I know admittedly some of these songs aren't denny you know mm. denny writes and there are songs that we haven't covered that he did co-write but I think the, all of these records show that when Denny was singing, he put a really good sort of vocal stamp on it. Um, yeah. I also wrote down, it's worth noting, when Wings were formed, because he was in Wings for uh, 10 years, 71 to 81. Uh, when he joined, he was 27. When they split up, he was 37. So he's two years younger than Paul, um, mm. which I thought was quite interesting. 
But yeah, so that was Denny Lane in podcast form, in Wings podcast form. If you enjoyed that, let us know. If you didn't enjoy that, we'd prefer if you didn't tell us. Um, <laughs> we don't need the negative feedback. No, you can let us know if you like. But you can contact us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook by typing in the handle McCartneyABC. Uh, if you want to send us an email, uh, it's to paulmccartneyabc at gmail.com. Or just track us down. I don't know, maybe look on the council tax sort of listings. I don't know, you could probably find out. Again, no hate mail or like death threats because it's just just not good for your self esteem, is it really? Yeah, flattery will get you everywhere though. Yes, you, you exactly. never know. We we may even read an email out if it's <laughs> very 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 positive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and and so that was Denny Lane. And just before we go, uh, just to say, here's a little preview of what we'll be talking about next time. selections from the music of Paul McCartney.